Good morning, my name is Pastor John. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Um, as Pastor Jack uh, mentioned, we are uh, in the Bay Area now. We used to be here in Sacramento. Um, and, you know, sometimes God will just kind of do a new thing, and we didn't expect it. But we were just um, going by faith. Wherever God leads us, that's where we're going. And so we're just excited to be here. We were visiting family, and we had the opportunity to speak to you all this morning. So, Pastor Jack, thank you for sharing uh, your pulpit. I know um, it, it does mean a lot to me. Um, so this morning we're actually going to be talking, uh, continuing the series Perseverance. And if you guys have been here, I actually listened to a few of them. I follow Mosaic on the podcast. Uh, shout out to the podcast because I still listen to the messages. Um, and we are going through Perseverance. James is actually one of my favorite books of the Bible. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. And maybe you know this. Like If you've heard me preach before, you kind of can probably sense this. Um, the book of James to me is kind of like a slap in the face. It really is. Like, I just feel like I need to be told what to do. I need to be told what I'm doing wrong. And for me, when I read the book of James, that's kind of how I read it. I think, man, I'm not doing this. I need to do this. It's not one of those books that kind of like builds up this idea of like, man, everything's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. You just sit back and relax. No, no, no. The book of James tells you what needs to happen. Uh, and so this morning, I'm just really excited because this message is very timely for me. Uh, I feel like every time that God allows me the opportunity to speak to his people, the message that I'm uh, being asked to bring is something that I need to hear. It starts here. Like the message that, that God speaks to, to the broader audience first starts here in us. And I truly believe that whenever you face something, a, a circumstance, a challenge, a, a difficulty, that God is allowing you to endure that, to go through it so that you could be a blessing to somebody else. Amen? That, that really is the message of Celebrate Recovery. You've endured something, and now you, having uh, celebrated the recovery of where you used to be, now you can go share that with somebody else who could hear it and benefit from that as well. Amen? And so the book of James, we're going to continue it in chapter 5, um, and we're going to... Con- Go around this big idea, and I want to start with this so that you guys can kind of have something to frame the entire message around, and it's this. In your life, you will suffer. You will suffer, right? I don't think that's a secret to anybody, right? If you haven't suffered yet, I mean, you're really not being honest with yourself or anyone else, because I believe that every one of us have suffered at one point in our lives. And the big idea is that in your life, you will suffer, but if you know Jesus, you'll experience peace. That, that, that's really the big idea of today's message. And we're going to start in James chapter 5, verse 7. It's going to be on the screen, and I believe it's in your notes as well. It starts by saying, be patient. I know that's a bad word to some people, right? Like, for real, it's like, the, the whole idea of this message is patience and suffering. And those are two words that I really don't like to hear. I don't like to talk about suffering, and I don't like to talk about patience. And when you put them together, now we're talking about something that's really challenging. I've been around the church world for most of my life. In fact, my father was a a pastor. He became a pastor the year that I was born. And so I was brought up in the church. I was brought up sleeping under the chairs and, and, you know, getting the, the early morning snacks. If you show up on time, there's snacks before you get here. And I, and I, I was brought up in all that. And one of the things that I kind of learned over the years was that one thing you don't ask God for is patience. Right? Have you guys heard that before? It's like, don't ever ask God for patience. You know why? Because tomorrow after you ask, you're going to deal with something that's going to challenge you 
in your patience. Have you guys heard that before? Well, I don't like to follow the rules, so I'm about to pray. And I'm going to pray that God gives us patience. Amen? So let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Join with me. God, we just come before you this morning. Lord, there is so much craziness happening in our world, but in you we find peace. Lord, there is so much uncertainty about where, what, what's happening around us, maybe in our circumstances, in our lives, our relationships. But Lord, there is no question of who you are today. Lord, thank you so much for waking us up this morning, for bringing us here into your house, Lord, where we may freely worship you. And Lord, we ask that you would be in this place, that you would speak to us, that you would help us to understand a new thing, that thing that you want us to learn today so that we could be more and more like you every single day. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for this time. We love you. In your name we pray. God's people said, amen. 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 Patience. I don't know about you, but every time I, I, I mean, I have kids. So if you ask my daughter, she's six years old, do you have patience? She will tell you, yes, she does. If you ask me, no, she doesn't. Do you know how I know this? Because every time we get in the car, one of the first things that she says is, are we there yet? I said, honey, I haven't started the car yet. Like, I haven't turned the key yet. We're, we're not there yet. You can still see your bedroom from where you're sitting. It's like, okay. So then we go a little bit ways. Daddy, are we there yet? Like, honey, you have no patience, do you? No, I, I will tell you. And then she says it about 20 more times, and then my patience starts getting a little short, too. I'm like, can you ask your mother, please? Like, she, like I'm not the only one here. And then all of us, I knew, I knew somebody was going to say something. We're in 1130. We're not 915 right now. So, so our patience gets challenged. And the truth is, is that when we start thinking about ourselves, we kind of give ourselves a little bit more credit than I think we deserve. Say, well, well I have patience, Pastor John. Compared to who? Right? Compared to who? Compared to you yesterday? That's a good thing to compare against. But the truth is we all have different scales and different measurements of what it really means to be patient. And so we're going to start this morning because James is saying to be patient. We're going to try to understand what patience really is. So the definition of patience, thank you Google, is this. The capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. To accept delay, trouble, or suffering without getting upset. Or to tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting upset. This reminds me of a story when I was younger, probably around my daughter's age. Um, my dad would be the one that's almost always driving. It's kind of one of those things. I don't know. I'm Hispanic. I'm Mexican. Maybe the men drive. I don't know. That could be wrong. But I just feel like I always drive. My father always drove. And that feels like it's our job. So my dad was always driving. And sometimes after church, he would take us to fast food. I don't know why Taco Bell comes to my mind. Like, it's just the one that, I don't know. It's not Mexican, but it is, it's good. And... Um, and we're, we're, we're driving up to the drive-thru, and before we get up to, like, the board, you know, where you kind of can see what they got, my dad would every single time say, do you guys know what you want yet? I'm like, 
like, I kind of want to be inspired by the photos, Dad. Can, I, can you wait a minute? And he's like, no, 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 like, you, you, we've been here before. You know what they have. I'm like, but sometimes, sometimes they got a deal. Like, they got a, they're trying a new thing. And he's like, no, like, no okay. And he, you can just tell, like, he turns around, grabs the wheel, and he's like, all right. He rolls down the window. Actually, it was probably more like this, right? He rolls down the window. He's like, like, hi, can I take your order? And like, what do you want? What do you guys want? What do you guys want? What do you guys ready? You guys know what you want? And I'm like, uh, three. Give me the three. Give me the three. I'll take the three. It's like, and I panic because he's so urgent. He was having no delay in my ordering. He needed me to be ready before I drove up to the board. Does anybody, like, have you, does this ha- has this happened to you? Okay. It's like, it's like, it's like, man, like, can a brother look at the menu? You know what I'm saying? It's like, my gosh. So I grew up saying, you know what? When I have kids, I'm going to let them look at the menu. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna look. I kid you not. I kid you not. Two weeks ago, I was snapping at my daughter. You guys know what you guys want? You know what they have. You know what they have. Having apple slices. It's like, like you know what it is. And, and I turned into my dad. I'm like, oh, man. Do you know why? Because it is hard to be patient. It is so hard to be patient, amen? James chapter 5, man, the Bible, man, the Bible will make, ask you to do things that are just hard. James chapter 5, verse 7 says this, Be patient then, brothers and sisters. All right, James, if I got to be patient, how long are we talking? We're talking a few minutes. Talking about, like, till, till I get what I need? Until the Lord's coming. All right. <laughs> now, let me, okay. For those of you who uh, may not know, James doesn't know when the Lord is coming. Okay? The Bible says that nobody knows the day or the hour in which he will return. And yet James is saying, hey, brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord comes. It's like, man, Pastor John, it's hard to be patient sometimes just for a few moments, let alone an uncertain amount of time. <laughs> then James continues on and he, and he says, okay, well, let me, let me give you an example. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I read the Bible and it gives me something visual like this, like I appreciate it. Right? Because I, I, I want to be able to, like, I need to be able to see what I'm reading. Because sometimes it is a challenge. And I, and I understand, I, I understand that, you know, the farmer places the seed in the ground and he waters it in the sun. And he, and he makes sure that it doesn't, you know, get eaten by birds and get eaten by, by, by um, bugs. I'm not a farmer. I mean, can you, can you tell? <laughs> like, uh, and, and so I need to see a visual. And whenever I get that visual, sometimes I, I flip it. I, I flip the visual and I think, Man, what, would, what am I doing then? If I'm being told to be patient and the farmer's patient and waiting for the rain, what am I doing? And, here, and here's what I always picture when I read this verse. I'm like the guy standing behind the farmer who doesn't know how to farm. And I'm looking around and be like, okay, how long we got to wait? He's like, well, we got to wait for the, you know, the green stuff to break through the dirt. Like, we got to wait. It's like, well, how long is that going to be? Well, it kind of depends. Like, so, so you're telling me that we're going to plant this and we don't really know when it's going to be? It's like, well, 
And then I'm the guy that, this is just who I am. I don't know if this is like you or not, but this is totally me. Like whenever I'm waiting on something, like I, I kind of want to make sure it's still there and still working, right? So like I imagine myself going and kneeling down and just kind of moving the dirt aside. Like, yep, it's still there. Okay, cool. It's like, but why isn't it green yet? Like why, it's just still a seed. Hey, are you not putting enough water? Like there's something that's not growing. It's been like a few hours in, and it's just not happening yet. And then I'll go back, and, and I am that guy. Like, I never really dug out seeds, but, like, in my, my life, I, I grab things that I'm waiting on, and I'll pick it up. And how many of you know that th- that plant will never grow if you keep pulling it out of the gr- ground? <laughs> but you know what's funny? There's some things in our life that we're waiting for. And because it's so hard to be patient, we keep taking it out and not giving it a chance to grow. We, we, we go and we dig things. I was like, when I do that, where's my, where's my lack of faith? Is it in the seed or is it in the farmer? It's like, is the farmer not doing something right? Because I know the seed is a seed. It's probably going to do what it's going to do, but there, there has to be something with the farmer. He, he must not know something. And I think that's what we do for God. Now, I'm no farmer, but one thing I do know is that the seed you plant needs time to grow. That thing, I, that I know for sure. That the seed you plant needs time to grow. And that means we need to be patient, amen? Now, again, I'm no farmer, but I just pulled up a couple numbers here. Did you know the average days for a seed to sprout above the ground varies between 6 and 30 days? If you plant broccoli, you can start seeing it sprout anywhere from nine, five to nine days. If you plant lettuce anywhere from six to 14 days, you'll start seeing something finally. Asparagus, 21 to 31 days. It's like, man, Pastor John, like, like that makes sense. But how many of you has, have asked for God something, for, uh, asked God for something, and the next day, She's like, he's not answering me. Like, like, is he there? It's like, did I not ask properly? Like, like, what did I do wrong? Follower of Christ, I want to let you know today that sometimes things take time. And it requires us to be patient. Well, how long, Pastor John? I don't know. Until it comes. And so this is what James is talking about. You know, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard this before that we are called to bear fruit, Right? heard this before? It's like we are followers of Christ. We are to bear good fruit to the world. In fact, I gave you a verse in your notes. In Colossians 1.10, it says this. So as to walk in a matter, matter worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit. We are to bear fruit. Do you know how long it takes for a tree to bear fruit? Well, I got some numbers for you. Here we go. You know I come prepared, you know what I mean? Like, I can't just come in here with no data. I got to have some data. A fig tree. After you plant it, it won't bear fruit for up until one to two years later. An apple tree, anywhere from two to five years later. That means if you plant an apple tree, tree potentially you might have to wait five years before you get to see fruit cherry trees 
anywhere from two to seven years. You see, we, we take it for granted because why? We got grocery stores at every corner. And we could go and we pick something and it's like, <clears throat> I pick up that avocado and I'm like, this, this thing ain't right. This, this, this thing's not ripe yet or it's too ripe. There's something, and it's not perfect. And we put it back and we're like, man, this place never has good fruit. Do you know how long it took to get that fruit in front of you? It took a long time. But we take it so for granted because everything is so fast for us. <clears throat> God is saying, sometimes you got to wait. It takes time. It takes time. The Bible describes what they call, what it calls the fruit of the Spirit. There are things in your life that the more that you know God, the more that you get closer to Jesus and become more like him, these are some characteristics that you're going to start getting in your life. Love, joy, peace, and this is the important one today, patience. Patience is described as a fruit. If you're here today and you feel like there's some fruit that you just aren't bearing yet, guess what? It's okay. It takes time. If it were easy to look like Jesus, we'd all look like him. But it's not. It takes time. Be encouraged. As long as you have that, as long as you're letting sun to shine upon it, it is growing. As long as you are protecting it from that which would eat it and take it, it's growing. Thank you, sir. It takes time. But how many of us have asked God for something and it's almost like urgent, right? Like, I mentioned, again, this is another story. My kids are going to come up a lot in this because they're kind of like, if you got kids, you know, and they're, and they're young, like, you ain't got no free time. It's just, it's, just, it's just the way it is. You ain't got no free time. Like, their little cute faces are there when I sleep and when I wake up and come back from work. Like, they're just always there. I actually saw a meme, right? It's like mom's trying to go to the bathroom and the kids are like, I'm coming. Like, no, like, just relax. Three minutes, I'll be out. So they're going to come up a lot. And so one of the things that my daughter, she's three years old, beautiful little girl, whenever she has to use the restroom, it is always an emergency. It's just like, it's got to happen now. If there's someone in the bathroom, like, okay, we're in trouble at this point because it is always an emergency. And I ask her, Joy, why don't you ask just like a little bit sooner before you can't hold it anymore? And she's like, She's three. She doesn't answer me. She just looks at me blankly like, I got to go pee. I'm like, what do you mean? Ask early. It's like, well, this is a child. We expect this from kids, right? But how many times have we asked God for something and we just need it now? We just need it now. We, 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 don't, we don't come to God unless we need it now. Unless there's an emergency and something has to happen. Who has three weeks to wait? Who has three years to wait? And this is just how we operate. Because we're not willing to be patient. We need it now. When I was younger, um, when I started working and, you know, 18, 16 years old, and I started working and started getting jobs, I had a problem. I got bored really quick, like, like super quick. And if you look at my early years, my quote-unquote resume that no longer exists because it's kind of not helpful, you see that I would jump jobs every three to six months. It's just it's like, I got a lot of work here. I work for six companies over a year. You, you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, yeah, I got a lot of experience in that one year. 
<laughs> and I would just keep leaving, and, and, and I just wasn't patient. Like, my first job was a retail job. And, and one day, about four, three, okay, let me be real, about two months in, I'm sweeping the floor, and a thought comes to my mind. There's got to be more to life than this. Just like, it's like I'm, the, I'm the, the sad guy in the movie, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he starts at the bottom, right? And then, and then I'm like, i got to get out of here. I can't sweep. I don't want to sweep. So then I go and get another job, and, and I'm, I'd made a step up. Like, I made a few more dollars, but this time I was cleaning toilets. It wasn't really a good, like, life decision, in my, you know what I mean, for me. Like, I just felt like it wasn't the next thing, but I did it because I, I was tired there, and, and I was scrubbing a toilet, and two months in, I'm like, there's got to be more to life than this, holding that, holding that brush, right? Like, there's got to be more to life than this. So then I, I quit that job, and I went to the next one, and, and I found a job with a great company, and I was in a call center for a great cause. And about four months in, I, I, I'm maturing now, right? Two months now, I'm up to four. And, and I said, man, hung up the phone. It's like, man, there's got to be more to life than this. It's like, man, I, I was 16 when I first started. I'm 16 still, and I'm still just doing this. And it's like three jobs in. And so then I get another job a little bit later, and, and now I'm actually progressing in my career, and I start working at a CPA firm or accounting office. And, and, I'm, and I'm there, and I'm typing up numbers, and I'm, I'm dealing with some real-life things. And six months later, I send some reports, and I look at my screen, and I'm like, there's got to be more to life than this. It's like, Pastor John, you sound spoiled. Like, yes, we are. Then I, I said, you know what, i got to... I said, because they can't limit me. If I sell, they're gonna, it's, I'm going to get more. So then I start prospecting. I start making calls, trying to make sales. And six months later, guess what I say? It's got to be more to life than this. Because it really isn't about the situation you're in, right? It's about the mentality you carry while you're in it. And I was so impatient. Do you know what did not happen in all those jobs? I never got a raise. I never got promoted. How are you going to get promoted and raised in three months? How are, how are you going to, to see the fullness of your opportunity if you're so impatient to wait for it to actually come to fruition? I kept pulling the seed out. I kept jumping. I wasn't patient like James says to be. And that's how it is with us. How about you? What do you have in your life that you've been impatient about? What have you asked God for that you're just like, you're just, man, I'm just tired of waiting. I, I don't feel like it's enough. What is that thing in your life that you're waiting for God to do and you're just kind of, you've given up on because you're, you haven't been patient? I guarantee you, if we all take a moment, we'll find something. We will all find something. But I want to let you know today to be patient to keep the seed in the ground, because if the seed is in the ground, it's moving you towards what you're waiting for. Let's continue in the verse here. In verse 8, it says this. He says, you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Say, Pastor John, didn't we read that already? James says it twice. He says it twice in two verses. Do you know why? Sometimes I need to be told ten times the same thing. Right, babe? Be patient, he says, twice. Because the Lord is coming, he says, twice. I, whenever I read something like that, like, 
you know, it's easy to just kind of gloss over and be like, okay, well, he's just reiterating. Yeah, he is. But there's, there's, there's a message there. And I, and I asked myself, I said, man, why does James say this twice? Why do you think he said that? Why do you think he says to wait until the Lord's coming? Because that's really an indefinite amount of time, right? We don't know. It could be tomorrow. It could be now before the service ends. It could be another hundred years. We don't know. So what is James talking about? You see, James doesn't say this. He doesn't say be patient and the blessings will eventually come to you. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say be patient and what you've been waiting for will be poured out over you and your family. He doesn't say that at all. He doesn't say be patient and that healing that you've been waiting for will finally be yours. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say be, be patient and, and, and all the things that you've asked for will finally come into your life and, and life will be great. James doesn't say that. But what he does say is be patient because the Lord is near. But you see, this is, this is what I've, where I've gone wrong many times in my life. That when I read God's word, I kind of unintentionally lace in the parts that I want to hear. Like, like, I want there to be the resolution of me getting what I want. Of me getting what I've asked for. Of me not having to wait that long for God to show himself. But James understood that while God is good and while God can, he doesn't always. You say, well, Pastor John, that doesn't, that doesn't, sound, that doesn't sound very nice. No, sometimes true. Can I be honest with you today? And I, and I may burst somebody's bubble this morning, and, I, I, and I'm, I don't mean that to hurt you. I mean it to help you. That sometimes things just don't get better. Sometimes they don't, right? Life is difficult. With or without Jesus, life is difficult. And doesn't always work out the way you want it to. Sometimes that relationship that's breaking, you ask God to restore it, and guess what? It ends anyway. Sometimes you, you, you get kicked out of your home. Sometimes you get evicted. No matter how much you plead that God would provide a way, it just doesn't happen. Sometimes disease hits out of nowhere. Sometimes you live with unbearable pain with no relief. And sometimes life ends unexpectedly, despite the prayers you sent to him. See, sometimes things don't get better, and the truth is, is that we all know that already. But when you hear it from the pulpit, it's almost like a little, it lands differently, right? Do you know why? Because when we come into this place, we're looking for hope. We're looking for a resolution or a solution. I don't know about you, but when I watch a movie, I want the, I want the hero to win. I want it to, to have a happy ending. I want the, 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 the story arc to end where I expect it to end. And while this sounds like it doesn't end where we want it to end, I'm here to tell you today, it does end where you want it to end. Even though this life may be full of trial and struggle and, and difficulty, if you, follower of Christ, are patient, you will see resolution. Can God do a miracle? Yes, He can. Does He still do miracles? I fully believe He still does miracles. Does He always answer your prayer the way you want Him to? No, He doesn't. 
The other day, is actually maybe a few months back, both of my daughters got sick at the same time. It's kind of a default for starting school and um, them being so close together at home. When one gets sick, the other one most likely will also. And so we had two sick girls at home. And, and, and if any of you know, like if you're parents, you have, you have children, it's like it's, it's very challenging when your young kids are sick. It's like you want to just take it from them, right? You want to like, like hit me, like come into me, I'll, I'll, I'll carry it for you. Well, they both had a fever, and they were both struggling. They both had a nice time, uh, difficulty sleeping. And I would go, and as they were asleep, I would, I would lay next to them, and I would put my hands on them, and i say, God, I know you can. Lord, you made their bodies. You know what is in their body that shouldn't be there, and I ask you to remove it now in the name of Jesus. And I was speaking the most powerful prayer that my heart could pray. And I, and I was laying my hands on them, and I was asking God to heal them and to, to cast it out. And then in those moments of our real need, like, like our prayers take like a new, a new level, right? It's kind of like all of a sudden I'm prophetic, and I'm asking, I'm casting spirits out that at one point I'm just like, it's like, I, I don't want to pray like that, but until I need it, it's okay, I, I cancel you out, sickness. Like, I never said that before until my kids came into my life. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we start like we start leveling up our prayers. And I was just asking, I said, God, I want you to heal them. I need you to heal them now, Lord. Now do it. You can. But guess what? They were sick for a week. <laughs> they got better eventually. But there was no miraculous healing that took place in our bedroom. There was no easy, quick resolution to their suffering. And, 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 and I know that God can do that, and I believe it because I've seen it with my own eyes. But if your faith is dependent on that, the enemy has a window to lie to you. You see, when I was laying there, I've been a pastor now for over 10 years. And, and I've been around this, this, this environment for a very, very long time. And even in that moment, I knew that what he was saying, what I was thinking was not true. He said, look, how many times have you prayed for your daughters and never have you seen a miraculous healing in their life. It's like prayer does not work. And as I laid there, I saw, no, like, like I'm like, yeah, I, I want them healed, but I know that's a lie. I know it. Why? Because I, I've seen the alternative, and, I, and I've read God's word, and I believe, and I trust him. I want this so bad for my girls, but it's not in his plan. You see, what, what we do wrong here is when we, have, when we suffer, instead of being patient through it, we want God to get us out of it. And when he doesn't get us out of it, we get mad at him and say, why didn't you answer when I called you? Why didn't you do what I need you to do? Why didn't you do it my way? And that, what, that's what di distracts followers of Christ. And that's what takes us off the road because so many times preachers will come up here and say, if you pray, it will be. Let me say this. If you pray, it will be. But it may not be how you ask for it to be. If you pray, God will hear you. If you need him, he will be there. If you're lonely, he will comfort you. If you're suffering, he will give you strength. If you ask him to remove you from the suffering, he may not do that. So James is saying, be patient in suffering.
The big idea. In this life you will suffer, but if you know Jesus, you will know peace. One day we will stand before God, hurt, broken, and he will pick us up. He will wipe the tears from your eyes and said, because you were faithful, never again will you suffer. You see, the, the ending does have a happy ending for those who know Jesus. You may, you may say, Pastor John, but, but I want this life to be good. Then focus on eternity because when you look at what's ahead of you, you're not looking at the pain that's surrounding you. And if you focus on what God has promised to you, then the things that you face, the things you struggle with, no longer have control over your life. So let's continue in the, the passage here. We're almost done. Verse 9. James continues, says, Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. He, again, he's talking about Jesus coming again. You're going to see him soon. So don't waste your time. Be patient. Stop complaining. Wait it out because he's coming. Don't let the challenges of this life turn your heart. Don't let the challenges of this life distract you from the truth of his return. Verse 10, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. If you don't know the story of Job, Job is an is a individual from the Old Testament. He was rich. He had everything. His life was great, and he honored God. The enemy came to God and said, he's only doing that because his life is good. He says, okay, I'm allowing you to take everything from him, but not his life. And we'll see if he still honors me. He lost everything. Job lost his ring God. He always trusted God. And because of that, God restored him. You see, we look at these stories and it's like, man, like, that's so awesome, right? It's like the best stories are the stories where there's like somebody, like an underdog, that struggles and is suffering and he overcomes, right? We look at those and we say, man, that guy, he's awesome. But guess what? He had to suffer to tell that story. We don't look at him and say, man, you were blessed because you didn't suffer. We're saying, man, we know you because you suffered and you held strong. So James is saying, look, we look at these people and they suffer and we, we, we count them as blessed because they suffered and made it through. You see, we don't, if you want your story to be remembered, if you want to have an impact in your family, don't avoid the suffering. Stay true to who God has called you to be in face of your suffering. That's what James is asking us to do. That's what he's directing us to do. So Pastor John, you're, I mean, you, you've been painting this picture. You've been painting this picture of when I ask God for help, he's, there's a chance he's not going to help me. He's not going to bring me out of it. He's not going to free me from my suffering. So I don't feel like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, what do I do? Well, I'm going to give you just quick three things that you can ask God. When you're struggling. Because guess what? If you're not struggling right now, you will be. If there's something in your life that isn't a challenge to you at the moment, there's still a lot of life left. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but the truth is I'm being real, is that you will face suffering again. And so there's some things that I believe that, that God has allowed us, and, and if we ask him, this will help you out. The first thing to ask God 
is to increase your capacity. To increase your capacity. You see, one thing I've learned is the more trials that I face, the more struggles that I endure and trust God, when that same level of difficulty comes, I'm less afraid. Like, for some reason, like, I just, I just get more prepared for the next time. It's like when my first daughter came, I didn't know what to expect. I was really scared, nervous. I didn't want to drop her, you know. I knew I wasn't going to get that much sleep because everyone tells you you're never going to sleep. I was like, well, how long does that last? Like, it depends. Like, she's six years old and I still can't get good sleep. But when the next one came, I said, okay, at least I have a base understanding of what's going to go down. Still nervous. Still don't want to drop her. But I'm not as afraid. My wife, she gave me permission in this first service to say this, so I'm going to say it again. Amen. She doesn't like pain. Well, shocking, right? No one likes pain. But she really doesn't like pain. Like, when she gets a headache, she, she's she mean. You know what I mean? Like, she's just... <laughs> I know, she's she's wonderful. Like, she doesn't have that stuff. This is, this is me pretending. Like, no one likes pain, right? But she's given birth to two babies. And for ladies, that is such a, a miracle. My goodness. Such a miracle to be able to grow a human in your body. To birth something so beautiful. And to recover from that. My goodness. Like, man, it's, it's such a miracle. She had to endure one of the most painful things anyone can endure. For someone who doesn't like headaches, I am very proud of her. Because the moments leading up to giving birth, she was so brave. Do you know why? Because when we get a headache, there's no purpose behind the pain. But when you're giving birth, there is purpose behind the suffering. Follower of Christ came and died and rose again for you. You have meaning. That means your life is purposeful. Don't struggle and endure simply with the mentality that you're meaningless and there's, there's no purpose behind it. God will work it out for your good because he loves you. That doesn't mean he'll relieve you from it. It doesn't mean he'll take you out of it. But because he marked you with his son, you have purpose. You don't have to suffer meaninglessly. Ask God to increase your capacity. The next thing, ask him to be your comfort. To be your comfort. The Bible says that he is the great comfort, the great physician. He, is the, he will be there when you need him to be there. It's like, God, you know I'm going to face this. I need you to encourage me today. I need you to be with me today. It's been like this for a long time, God, and, and I don't know how much longer I can wait, but I need you to get me through at least today. I want to let you know something. As a follower of Christ, you have access to something others don't. You have someone who will be with you at all times, encouraging you, silencing the voice of the enemy, saying, no, you can do this. Ask him to be your comfort. 
And finally, ask God to give you courage. See, I tell my kids all the time, it's okay to be afraid. But it's not okay to let fear make a decision for you. If you're afraid, it's okay. You need to do it anyway. Let God be your courage today. Let God let you stand in front of that thing that you've been facing, the struggle that you've fought against, and say, God, give me courage. You see, when Jesus hung on that cross, he asked the Father to take him out of it if possible. He said, Father, if, if, this, if this cup can be taken from me, please take it, but if not, let your will be done. Jesus wasn't absent of fear, but courage won. Purpose won. You notice the three points. None of them say, God, ask God to make it quick. Ask God to bring me out of it. No. All of them. Ask God to change you, to be with you, to push you through, to make you push through to the point where that struggle, that, that difficulty, that obstacle shows itself through purpose. The last verse of our passage, number 12. James says, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you'll be condemned. Now, I'll be honest with you. If, if you read this verse, it's like, okay, well, what, what does that have to do with what we're talking about? But think about it like this for a second. Do you know somebody in your life that whenever they tell you they're going to do something, they like add extra layers of promise on top? It's kind of like, hey, bro, I, I promise. I, you can count on me. I will be there. I'll be there. I promise. Don't like, hey, you can trust me this time. Do you know why they do that? You know why we do that? Because we're trying to reassure them that our word is meaningful. Why? Because we've let them down before. We say, man, I was there and I, was, and I told you I was going to be there and I wasn't. So, hey, you got to cross my heart. This time, I'm good. I will be there. What James is saying is be a man and woman of your word. What does that mean with, with this? If you say you trust God, trust God. Do you know that patience is a byproduct of trust? It is. If you say you trust God and then you keep pulling the seed out, the next time you say trust God, you got to be like, hey, this time, cross my heart. I trust you this time. He's like, yeah, but cross my heart, hope to die. Stick a needle in the eye. Like, I trust you this time. God's like, well, you know what? I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But like, we got a trail of seeds that are outside of the ground when I put them in the ground. Trust God. Let him grow your patience. I, I want to flip this. If you've heard to not pray for patience, I'm going to ask you, challenge you to start praying for patience. Because God knows we need it. He is coming. And even though you may not be free from your current struggles, eternity awaits those who follow Christ. That if you follow Jesus, even though this life may be, be difficult. This is the worst it's going to get for followers of Christ. Because when we stand before Christ, when we stand before God, we will be without pain. 
We will be without struggle. We will be without torment. We will be with the King forever. But if you don't know Jesus today, this is the best it's going to get for you. This life is the best it's going to get for you. You say, well, Pastor John, how do you even know that exists? How do you even know that that's true? I don't want to find out that I'm wrong. Do you want to test that? I don't. If you let Christ be the Lord of your life, this is the worst it will get for you. Maybe not the circumstance you're in, but the life that we live. Amen? You can do me a favor and just stand with me. I'm going to pray. And while we do that, I'm actually going to read you a verse. So if you could do me a favor, I want to speak this into your spirit. I want you to hear this. Paul is writing this, and, and Paul is it, like, man, just Paul went through some stuff. And yet he still finds peace in God, not because he brought him out of it, but because he was in, in it with him. Many of the disciples died because of their faith. God will either take you out of your suffering or he'll free you through it when you see Jesus. If you could do me a favor and bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to read this verse and then pray for you. It's in Romans. It says this. Now I want you to listen with your eyes closed. I want you to really hear this because this is for you. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for the sake, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, this is important, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you have made Jesus the Lord of your life today, there is nothing that will take your peace away. That when your life comes to an end, you will see Jesus. He will wipe your tears. He will keep you in his arms for eternity, free of pain, free of suffering, free of trial. Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for who you are, God, for sending your son to save someone as undeserving as me. Lord God, this life is hard. There are so many trials and tribulations and struggles, but you know what? I have hope because when I meet you, all of that for those who need strength this morning. I pray for courage for those who need courage this morning. Expand our capacity. Give us the ability to be patient, Lord, and we look eagerly to your return. May we not forget, God, that you promise you will be back. And, Lord, we wait with eager anticipation this morning. Lord, use us. Strengthen us. Give us patience. Speak into our ears when the enemy tries to distract. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for saving us. In your name we pray. God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning.